Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us. This is Sipping Tea with Nat and Z. I am Nat. And I am Z. What's up? What's up? What's up? Eh, nothing. You know, it's just, it's, it is what it is. It is <laughs> Sunday, uh, uh, yes. the July the 25th. Yes. In the year of our Lord, 2021. <laughs> All right. So we are, you know, trudging along. We are now halfway through the year. This is a definitely a perfect time. And maybe we'll we'll have an episode on that. But yeah, let's let's do an episode yeah. on going back, looking at your vision mm-hmm. board um, and just your mood board, whatever it is reflecting seeing what you've accomplished so far mm-hmm. where are you in accomplishing everything right. i can say i've accomplished quite a bit on my vision board I, I i'm a little i'm a little taken aback because i was like i looked at it yesterday and i was like wow you you really are doing you know some of these things that you said there are still awesome. some things that i need to get together but mm-hmm. for the most part i'm i'm pretty on track so that's on point pat yourself on the back please yeah yeah, for, I, ch- for I shall executing do that. your vision. Yes. And so true. Yes. So we have a a, a hearty conversation today about how yep. to have difficult conversations. So we're just mm-hmm. going to jump right into uh, what the tea of the day is. Um, we are not tea experts. You should speak to your doctor when drinking herbal tea, as there are potential side effects when mixed with some medications. Um, herbal tea should not be, or any kind of tea, <laughs> to be honest, should not be a substitute for medication unless it's peppermint because it does help for stomach <laughs> ailments. If I have a stomach ache, I pop a peppermint tea yes. bag in a pot and that I'm good to go. Quick to go. Or that ginger tea. Ginger. Yes. Peppermint and ginger. But hey, I ain't no doctor. so <laughs> um, in, our, in our experience. Exactly. In our experience. Yes. Uh, we yes. are not affiliated with any of these companies, nor are these endorsements. So what are we drinking? So today we're looking at organic third eye chakra tea, which is a Buddha tea. Uh, so we kind of looked at this because making difficult decisions, um, looking at your third eye chakra, it's uh, between your eyebrows. It highlights insight, knowledge, and wisdom. And it's this tea is crafted to open that particular energy source of your chakra. Known as Anja, the center of insight and intuition, which I think is timely for the discussion that we're having today to have these difficult conversations. It's located between their eyebrows, like I said, and, you know, you really try to stay attuned and it, it helps you to comprehend the bigger picture, which a lot of times you have to step back and look at when you're having difficult conversations. So it's a useful affirmation to concentrate on while meditating is I see and what you're trying to vision, as uh, Z mentioned with her vision board. So for a proper cup of tea, we recommend the temperature of 205 degrees, cover and steep to taste, remove your tea bag, and enjoy. Yes. Going on yes. to hot tea. Yes, ma'am. That's a good tea. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I haven't, it. we haven't really been putting the, the teas up. I will, you know, make sure that we get back to doing that. So that you can actually have a visual representation of the tea that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but the hot tea is, we got a, 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 a enough, uh, but, a, a but a, it's a little something. Mm-hmm. Um, the Olympics began on Friday. Oh, that's um, so a lot of the events in the beginning, people don't, well, I ain't going to say people don't really watch. Mm-hmm. But a lot of the events in the beginning are, aren't the ones that people really get hot and bothered over. I mean, there was there were some swimming matches, mm-hmm. I believe, yesterday. 
Um, the last I checked, which was yesterday evening, it was China was first with number of um, of uh, medals with four, mm-hmm. and America was three. And we had one gold, I think one silver, and one bronze. And China had three golds, of course, <laughs> and one bronze. So, um, you know, there was a relay swim um, meet yesterday with the two, and it, it escapes me, and I didn't write it down, so forgive me. The two um, black girls black girl magic that are on the swim team the u.s swim team they actually were able to pull in the bronze it was close they were it it was a tight race between them and canada for the silver but canada pulled out the silver i think australia won the gold in that uh relay and then we came in with the bronze so um i'm 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 i think i believe tonight is the gymnastic the women's gymnastic team qualification Mm -hmm. um so i probably will watch that so um, you know, just I'll try to keep you guys up and abreast of what's going on. But you know, we our episodes will come out <laughs> so by the time they come out, the Olympics probably been over. <laughs> and y'all probably been tired of it. So <laughs> But we might but, give you an update anyway in case you missed it. Yes, yes. Um Emmy nominations are out. I did not write down any of the Emmy nominated winners. Oh well, <laughs> if you want to figure out who they are, just go ahead. I do know Lovecraft Country. One a few uh got really? nominated for a few. I know that uh my who is I'm gonna talk about next Michaela Cole, who y'all know I stand for. She finally got her the recognition she should have gotten with the damn Golden Globes for I May Destroy You. Mm. So wow. I would like for her to win. Um, let's see. Uh I think that's all I remember for <laughs> the Emmy nomination. <laughs> it's okay. Oh, Billy Porter. Oh, I believe yay. Billy Porter has a nomination. And also the mm-hmm. first transgender woman has earned a nomination. From Pose? From Pose. Yay. Oh my gosh. What is her name? I I can't. She played Blanca. Who yes. is, and it's escaping me. I think her name is MJ Rodriguez, mm-hmm. I believe. Um, her name is escaping me, but she just made history. So awesome. big ups to her and I'm Pose. Excited. Some of my clients are on that show. I love that show. I mean, it's it's over. Um, the series yeah. has ended, but if you haven't had a chance to watch it, you Binge. can catch up on it on Netflix. And I'm pretty sure the last season will uh be streaming very shortly. Yeah. Um, and like I said, Michaela Cole, I love her. That's my boo. Awesome. Um, she has just been announced that she is joining the Black Panther 2 cast um there's no word on what role she's going to play some people think she's going to be storm in black panther too um some people said that she was she they think that she is going to replace leticia wright which was um black panther's sister and i don't think that that's going to happen a lot of people said that she they may not bring her back because of some controversial video she posted on her social media about the vaccines and she's an anti well she i'm not saying she's an anti-vaxxer she just was not for the vaccine she's right and um but the video unfortunately also had some derogatory information that it was spewing about transgender individuals Uh so that's kind of and then she shut all of her social media down twitter instagram anything that she had she shut it all down so um i you know i don't really hold weight to that you know but we'll see but i'm glad that she's joining the cast Mm -hmm. um there was something that i missed a a while back 
that Naomi, and maybe I did mention it, but Naomi Campbell had a baby recently, mm-hmm. a baby girl. Um, there's no word on, you know, I don't think she birthed the child, mm-hmm. but I'm, there's no word on the surrogacy. And it's really none of our business. If she adopted, it's none of our business, but she has mm-hmm. a baby girl. And she was actually just seen out recently with the baby. So Aww. congrats to her. Yes, yes, yes. Versus. Um, so we will have a new versus battle. I'm excited for it. Dipset versus the locks. The locks. <laughs> yes. So I'm excited for this. Um, I really am excited for this. I, I it's gonna be in Madison Square Garden, I believe. So, um, and some people are like, Oh, we're outside now. No, nobody care about versus y'all outside now. Thank you. Thank you. We ain't all outside now. That part. Y'all outside now because mm-hmm. the Delta variant then came up. Got her line sisters together. Now we on <laughs> Lambda, the Lambda ver- variant. Oh I <laughs> no about to be through the whole day going Greek alphabet. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Mm-mm. I need y'all to get it together, please. Mm-hmm. Please. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, um, lastly, Naomi Osaka versus Megan Kelly. Oh dear. Who? Megan tried to come for Naomi because Naomi was on the cover of, I believe, Vogue, and the cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh-huh. So she tried to insinuate that how can you say you don't want to participate in these activities because of your social anxiety, but then you're posing for these photos. And Naomi had to gather her very quickly Ooh. and let her know that if you're in journalism, then you should know a lot of these photo shoots are taken a year before they actually even right. come out. So this happened well before. I decided to pull out of these events due to my mental health. So mind your business. Have a seat. Have a seat. Come on, chick. And thanks for showing your intelligence when it comes to journalism, because that is true. Those are facts. Anybody knows that. Hello. She didn't shoot that that cover. If you work anywhere, you know that if you are part of a prog- program or project mm-hmm. management team, you know that you have to plan out how things are going to happen a year in advance a year in advance and you say okay i'm gonna release this i'm gonna release this mm-hmm. even we do that with the podcast we talk in advance we talk about what we're going to do months. three months in advance mm-hmm. so anybody and i'm not a journalism major and isn't megan kelly a journalism yeah she is i just mm-hmm. want to make clear i just wanted to make that fact clear yeah she went she... to school for it and gets paid for it okay mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. just just checking that part okay. so mm-hmm. She could have several seats. But um that is it for the hot tea. All right, all for right. Me. Cool. So we're gonna take a quick break and come back right to our tea time. Today's topic is how to have difficult conversations, right? So being scared to verbalize your wants and needs can be seen as a trauma response, right? There are many reasons we have finding, we, we there's many reasons we find having a tough talk as difficult. I mean, this it's not one something like a walk in the park for us. It ranges from our childhood experiences to the way that we relate to the world around us and the other lived experiences and environment. 
to many of us, it can seem easier to avoid an issue rather than to address it. I think we all do this is mm. where yeah, procrastination comes into play. Mm-hmm. You know, you just don't want to talk about it. You think it'll just go away if you don't talk about it. And we know that's not the truth. Having delicate conversations, as we know, can make us feel uncomfortable, bring us back to points in our past that we really don't want to talk about. We just think, close our eyes and see no evil, hear no evil, so to speak. <laughs> like, I don't know about yeah. it. Yep. You know, not my yep. business, not my show, even though it is. Um, you know, they're not fun. They leave us feeling anxious and wanting to have a quick way out. But the problem is these conversations are the ones that we really need to have to make our life that much more, I guess, smooth sailing and just livable and, and pleasant. You know, we have to overcome these hesitations. Um, but I think a lot of times we build it up and it may be worse than it actually is. I think we do that a lot. I think that that is definitely something that we do a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think you you sit there and you think about, you know, you give yourself like the choose your own adventure exit. Like, what if I say this and this happens? What if this happens and I say that? And it could never, it it may not even roll out like that. And you just got yourself worked up for nothing. Yeah. I think sometimes it also, it's the energy you bring to a conversation, right? So if I'm somebody who is already exhibiting you know anxiety mm-hmm. and distress and being defensive already coming into the conversation mm-hmm. that energy is going to be transferred to the person that I'm trying to communicate this information with yes and then they're going to feel that energy and then their walls are going to come up they're going to be like okay wait a minute I don't like the way they coming at like this mm-hmm. energy I'm feeling. So then they go on the offense because they feel like you're about to hit them with something they don't feel like dealing with. Right. And then right there, the conversation it's has over. started off wrong. <laughs> and you All haven't even wrong. said a word. <laughs> a word. You just be like, what What you looking at me side eye for? And it really could not be anything like that. Right. And that's why there are the things that we're going to talk about today are going to give you tips on how to navigate that, how mm-hmm. to center yourself before you even approach the conversation so that you come off confident mm-hmm. um, and that that negative energy or that off-balance energy doesn't even enter the conversation. Right. And being aware. Very aware. Of where so, that can come from. You have to be aware. Like 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 Nat said, your third eye. You got to have hey, that, there right? there you go. You- um, maybe need to drink that tea before you go and have yep. some of these ki- kinds of conversations. Yes. <laughs> give, you, give you some oomph to get it done. <laughs> yes. So um, one of the first places that we find conversations to be quite difficult are in the workplace, mm. right? And this could be supervisor to employee, employee to supervisor, colleague to colleague, right? Mm-hmm. Um, difficult conversations in the workplace, they can be awkward. Sometimes they can be unpleasant, but ultimately and inevitably they happen in any workplace dynamic. I mean, they just do. (laughs) Excuse me. So one of the first things, don't avoid it. If you have to have a difficult conversation, don't avoid it. The longer you wait, the more difficult, like Natalie said, the more difficult it becomes. Mm -hmm. And for no reason other than you've made it difficult. Um, Have a purpose. You know, go into the conversation with thinking about what it is that you want to get out of the conversation. You know, nobody wants to be approached with a laundry list of issues. So this is the perfect time to be direct and concise. If you need to write things down 
and try to focus on how you're going to accomplish those things. This is one of the key things, and this is what we talked about just now with the energy. Be confident and direct. So important. If you approach it as an uncomfortable situation, it will be one. Mm. If you're asking for a raise, this is key for a lot of us who are in, well, a lot of y'all, because I ain't in a position I could just go and ask for no raise. <laughs> that that ain't how the government work. It'd be like, but, oh, that's funny. Right. Um, but if you're asking for a raise or a promotion, take initiative, begin the conversation with confidence, and get to your point quickly. You're never going to get what you want unless you ask closed mouths don't get fed hello one of the things i think you could do in this situation is list if you want the promotion or you want the raise right if you know what that job entails list what you're doing currently that aligns with that particular promotion right or that particular pay grade because a lot of times we sell ourselves short or a lot of times we say yeah we want these things but we're not prepared to actually go into the conversation of having it. And you would think having a conversation about paying you what you're worth or getting a job title that really suits the job that you're doing should be easy, but it's not for a lot of people. And it's not because somewhere in our childhood, like we talked about the yep. childhood trauma, someone told us we weren't good enough. Or it's just culturally, you just don't think that that's appropriate for you right. to Right. Well, yes, that too. That too. Ask for those things. That too. To be seen and not heard. Right. Somewhere yeah. in our childhood or in mm -hmm. our young adulthood, we were rejected and that rejection stung so bad that it prevented us from being advocates for ourselves mm -hmm. and having conversations about what we're worth and what we deserve. Right. And you just take what you can get. Yep. Unfortunately. And a lot of people are stuck in positions now mm -hmm. where they're paid $20,000, $30,000 less, less than what they should be paid because they don't want to open their mouth mm -hmm. and have that conversation because they've already rejected themselves. So they already rejected themselves. Mm -hmm. So they have no confidence in the fact that somebody is not going to do the same to them. Mm. So just keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, be open to other people's perspective. Feedback, it should not be a monologue. It should be a yeah. discussion. This is definitely important for supervisors to employees. You know, sometimes you're giving your spiel. I've done this in, in, in my job where you're telling somebody about all of the things during a performance review that they've done right on all the things that they may need improvement on. Mm -hmm. And there may be a backstory or a some mitigating circumstances that surround certain situations that you weren't aware of. Mm -hmm. Right? It's so important. I right. had that discussion with my my supervisors due to my health challenges. Mm -hmm. And you have to be realistic. Like, okay, we know you couldn't perform X, Y, and Z because you just weren't here to do so. But unless I we didn't communicate the extent of the backstory, mm -hmm. it would have had a negative, um, that yep. much more of a ne negative impact on my review. But we, it was a discussion that my supervisor made sure that we had. And I had to be forthright with him to say, this is what the situation is. Exactly. That's that's good. Exactly. And then that leads for your supervisor to be or the person you're talking to to be empathetic mm -hmm. or you. If you're the person who has to have mm -hmm. this difficult conversation with somebody, it leads you the ability to be empathetic. Right. And we talk about empathy a lot. And we're actually going to have a a, a episode on empathy and grace. Mm -hmm. But empathy is one of those things that 
you know, sometimes it's hard for us because it requires us to put ourselves in the other person's shoes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we just can't do that. Right. And you have to all like think about how would you feel on the other end of the conversation, receiving the information that you are putting forth. Right. And if you see that the person is struggling with what you said, maybe it's, it's a take a pause. Yeah. Let them gather themselves for a minute and then come back to it. Right. Um, it's very important, um, if, especially for a successful conversation, for some empathy to take place in there, which then will lead you to the use of I statements. Right. So if you're having a conversation, especially when it's difficult, if you start using you, 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 that you is a finger that you are pointing and people don't typically like to have fingers pointed at them literally literally or figuratively right so if you're having a conversation with somebody that's difficult start out with i i feel that you have done or i feel that the situation that took place put me in an awkward situation let's talk about that that's a good way to frame it because yeah. there's still no you this how your perception of it yes and the situation is is so important how you frame it and you know that helps and that i think uh, the using i statements is is something that we'll talk about even later on especially when you're dealing with a partner um it's 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 healthy i've learned this in therapy that it's healthy or to have conversations where you start out with i then with you because with you it sounds like a put down it sounds like you are coming at me or you're just like nitpicking or nagging where I seems like, okay, this is my perception of what has happened. And my perception of what has happened has caused me to feel this way. So we need to have a conversation about it because you are involved in the perception mm -hmm. and your involvement has caused me to feel this way. Right. Um, you know, and that using that I statement it differentiates the constructive to critical feedback. You is critical. I is constructive. Because mm -hmm. you're trying to reflect on what how you what your part is in this situation, right. which takes right. off, you know, I guess the gloves for some folks. Mm -hmm. you know? For some people, it does. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that goes back to childhood trauma. You have been in situations where your parents are like. You didn't take out the trash. You didn't come in when you were supposed to. You didn't. And if you are constantly telling a child that, mm -hmm. that's the only way they communicate. You don't give them any other avenue to communicate and rec reconcile what you just said. Once you say you and say, okay, well, do you understand what your part it was in this? And can you articulate that? Better? Right. Now think about this. Your child hasn't taken out the trash. You come at them, you didn't take out the trash last night. Or how does that sound compared to, I asked you to take out the trash. When I came home, the trash was not out. What happened? Mm -hmm. Which sounds better? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, what sounds better? Right. You come, you, you, you have an employee that keeps coming in late. You keep coming into work late. Mm. Or... I set rules and boundaries that we all have to abide by. One of those rules is that we get to work on time. Let's talk about What's some of the on? days that you have not come in to work mm -hmm. when you were supposed to. Let's Which one is going to give you a defensive, <laughs> confrontational <laughs> response? Right? 
I'm just saying. And I, listen, when I'm talking to you about these things, don't think I'm talking to you from a perspective of enlightenment. <laughs> <laughs> from a stance of enlightenment. Because everybody's a work in progress. Right. I, God is not through with me yet, okay? <laughs> so just understand that I am learning along with you all. <laughs> right. But I have been in a position where I can work on myself <laughs> mm-hmm. so some of these things I have already been employing See, there, okay? you go. there you go process progress process Pro- um, process progress is a process right we want to stick to the facts mm-hmm. what are the facts not what are your presumptions and what are the facts right, right? just with the facts right. what are the facts just the facts to- Jack right you came to work late. That is a fact. Anything else outside of, oh, he, he come to work late and I be seeing him, he be doing this and this and that. Those are perceptions. The fact is you come to work late. <laughs> Let's address that. Let's end. address that. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to come up with a solution. If you have an employee that's always late, let's talk about how we can fix that. Mm-hmm. If you're dealing with a coworker who, if you have an aversion to smells and you have a coworker who consistently violates that aversion to smells. How is it that you can have a conversation about that? You may not be able to have that conversation with that individual or their colleague, but that might be a conversation you have to have with the supervisor. And then that supervisor has to have the conversation with that employee, right? That's a solution. You're somebody who who has to be in a a more um, collaborative work environment to be productive. How do you have that conversation with your your manager? You know, those are things we need to think about. And then follow up to prevent fallout, which is something I think a lot of us forget to do. We just yeah. speak our piece and then roll out. You got to close the loop. You got to close the loop because you got to work with those folks. Right. You, you know, be, you know, somewhat in, enjoyable. Exactly. You have to. And especially I think this is 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 particularly important when we're talking about colleague to colleague. Because that colleague to colleague work relationship can become Mm. very, can become very, uh, I don't even know, adversarial if things are left unsaid or if things are said and never circled back around to. Right. Right. And you don't want to cause an environment where everybody else that's working in there is uncomfortable because you and your colleague don't get along. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you got team employee A, team employee B. Yeah. We've all seen that happen. Right. And it just makes it for an awkward place. Very. <laughs> just awkward. Just awkward Very. all the way around on so many yes. levels. Yes. <laughs> so with that being said, we've talked about work. So moving on to something a little bit closer to home having those conversations with family and friends. And, you know, we, we all know from time to time we have to have those conversations with family and friends. There's a whole range of topics that can be uncomfortable because you're tied to that person. There's feelings attached. Um, and putting off them because you're trying to save feelings can actually enhance and amplify a conflict, which can, of course, add to further misunderstandings and hurt feelings. So if you know you want to have a conversation with your family and friend about this, try to plan ahead. You know, think about a lot of basically kind of what we said with some of the work topics, right? 
plan what you want to say ahead of time. Really think through how do you want to approach it, what you want to cover, and the words you want to use because they are, they're going to be much more emotionally charged than a work situation. You know, write it down, like we said before, to help keep pointers in mind. It can really be a benefit. Consider your timing. This is mm. something. <laughs> if you know that so someone in your family is, is in the middle of a project, and they are, they, I won't say they're struggling with it, but you know, they're, they're focused. That is not the time to talk about why they put the remote in the fridge by chance, just cause they were, <laughs> you know, <laughs> just cause like, why you, every time you take the remote, you walk around the house with it down to the fridge. Then I saw it in the garage. That's not, they don't care. No, that's, that's, that's not appropriate at just really. You know, you have to have a time when they have their undivided attention. You know, when they're in front of people, that is just disrespectful. I don't think you should ever have a conversation with someone in your family or friend. Now, if it's a family talk, if you're having a family discussion, that's one thing. But if it's a one-on-one conversation, don't put the person on front street. No. And that's important. Especially if you, and I think that that works. I think that's even more important with friends. Because Mm -hmm. when you have a group of friends, if you have a tribe. And one person is beefing with another person. Mm-hmm. If that person brings up that beef in front of the whole group, it is, it could turn messy. It can turn mm-hmm. ugly. It can ruin friendships. It can throw the group dynamic off. Oh. If you are a friend who's having conflict with another friend and you need to have a difficult conversation with them, mm-hmm. pull them to the side. Have the conversation away from the rest of the group. This is definitely, I would say something if you're on a group trip. Yeah. Don't throw the balance off of everybody else. No. Right? Like, I read this um, article recently about this girl who stopped being friends with a a, a friend of hers because they went on a group trip and her friend asked her if she would um, lend her some money Mm -hmm. to go on this trip. Mm -hmm. And she did, but then her friend became like the ATM during the whole trip and oh. she asked her friend not to say anything because i'm embarrassed blah, blah 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 please don't mention that i'm you know mm-hmm. having these financial difficulties and her friend was like all right cool so she was feeling like oh you're just using me this whole time as your atm and so she tried to pull her aside to have this conversation with her about uh-huh. this money but the friend popped off oh and then it just went sideways <laughs> oh dear and that's what i mean like there's a time and a place for for every conversation right now the person who lent the money maybe she should have said you know what i'm not going to address her right now with this i'm gonna wait till we come back home Mm -hmm. and have this conversation with her not on the trip not on the trip or she could have been on the trip and said hey we need to talk Mm -hmm. let's go and have a walk on the beach or wherever y'all are at Mm -hmm. before everybody else gets up Let's go grab some coffee before everybody else gets up Mm. and let's go have this conversation away from everybody else. The way the story read, she did it like, let me pull you to the side while y'all all all or there are ways to be more diplomatic about it. I personally wouldn't have waited until we got back. Mm -hmm. But for some people, that's an easier way to do it. I probably in that situation would have pulled the person aside like, yo, let's I want to talk to you about something. Let's take a walk on the beach in the morning before everybody else gets up. Yeah. And then have that conversation then. And, and then if she private. wants to come back and pop off, then pop off. Right. Because we already but had the conversation. We already had the conversation. Pop off at will if, you're, if that's, you feel you need to do that. Right. 
but you know it'll go left. Yes. Timing is important. That's all I had to say. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. It's so, so true. And also, you know, pace yourself when you're talking to your family and friends. Do you, we are all emotionally tied and, you know, like we mentioned about trauma and you store things and you kind of like let things build up, but don't throw all that information at the person at one time. It's too, it's too much, too much information, too many questions. They're going to get overwhelmed and totally miss what you're trying to say. You get distracted. And then you, the, the conversation totally is, is off the railroad and you can't get back to where you want to. Take time um, and start with the most important point. That is, what is the thing that is most irritating or, <laughs> or, or is just causing you angst? Start with that first. Because if you start with little things, it's going to start like nitpicking. And then it'll eventually blow up and it just won't go well. And then you won't get to talk about what you need to talk about. You know, you mean, and it may stop being productive. So, you know, just take a break. Go off and go take a walk, take some breaths, whatever. Come back tomorrow. But, you know, even when you're going into this, try to expect, a, even if it's a challenging conversation, right? Still try to, to hope and, and expect a positive outcome. Mm. You know, adopt a positive mentality. Think about, okay, how can I phrase this appropriately? Use your I statements. Thinking, you know, if you're going into this to a situation thinking it'll fail, it goes back to the energy conversation. Oh, yes, that, that's that energy. That he was mentioning yesterday, earlier, not yesterday, earlier in the conversation. <laughs> 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 About that energy. If you have that negative energy, if you're thinking that, you're, you're going to give off that negative energy. And you're, the conversation is pretty much doomed from the beginning. Yep. You know, tell yep. yourself what you think. It's going to be difficult. You understand that. Yep. Take some breaths. You're hoping that the outcome will be an improved relationship. And, you know, you guys can move forward. Set yep. some ground rules, expectations, you know, no interrupting, no shouting. You know, I have something to say. And I appreciate if you would listen, you know, and listen, hear me when I'm talking to you. And don't just listen to respond. Finish. Let me finish and get my piece out before you jump in. But that's you know? also a trauma response as it well. Is. It is something that is learned behavior mm -hmm. that we have seen in our own, you know, environment where people are having conversations and they're not being respectful right. or they're not really listening to what the person the other person is saying mm -hmm. and i will say we talked about this a lot with the parent child relationship right mm -hmm. we don't are i think we've grown up i don't i think this new generation is i always say this and i know i sound like a, a auntie when i say this but it is aunties. what it is this this newer generation of mm -hmm. children that are coming up are adamant about allowing you to you're going to give them the space mm. to speak their piece about how they feel and they don't care if you are an auntie a grandma a grandfather a father a Ancestors. mother they don't care mm -mm. because they feel as though this is the right way to heal generational trauma and i do believe that in some and and i'm i, I overwhelmingly i'm I lean towards that more than the other way, right? right? I still have some reservations about it in certain situations. Delivery. Right. There are definitely there there I feel like children need to be able to express how they feel to their parents specifically if their parents have hurt them in some way. To silence your child and tell them, "No, this is the expectation. I tell you what to do and you listen." 
you don't have a voice or a say in this house because I pay all the bills. I think that is a very dangerous precedent to set because now this child has bottled up how they're feeling because they don't have a safe space to express it. So if they can't come to you to tell you how you've hurt them, what makes you think they're going to come to you to tell you that somebody else has? There's ways to go about that. Still be, um, I guess, stern with your children without limiting them in their expression. Yes. There's ways to go about that. I fussed at Charlie, and this was a while back, and she came to me after I fussed at her and said, Mommy, you hurt my feelings. <laughs> and at first I was like, girl, if you don't get out of my face, that. <laughs> but I had to take a step back. Oh, right. And I said, I cannot dismiss how she's feeling. She's, yeah, okay, she's she's three. But I cannot just say, okay, so what? I have to have a conversation with her about that, even though she's young. I still have to have a conversation about what it was. And I said, mommy did not mean to hurt your feelings. Mommy just needed you to understand what I was saying in that moment. Because what you were doing was going to be harmful to you. So I don't want you to think that mommy intentionally said out to hurt your feelings. That was not what I, I was doing. Mm -hmm. And she just said, okay. And then she just walked off. Just and I had to laugh because I'm like, did I really just have to have a conversation with a three-year-old about hurt feelings? But I'm not going to just shun her. I want her to be able to come to me and say when she feels like I've wronged her. Now, if it's something that I did that's like, oh, okay, well, that that had to happen. Mm -hmm. Sorry, but that had to happen. It's a teachable moment. Then that's one thing. But yeah, I had to check myself. Right. Well, and she may use now use that going into daycare. You'll tell, <laughs> tell somebody over there, Bobby, now you hurt her feelings and she probably did something because she didn't want to hurt yourself. Right. <laughs> so you may have teached her to do something else. Right. You know, but when you bring the issue up, you know, be sure to approach it with a sense of openness. You know, a, a try to understand and learn. Um what maybe what common ground you can find as you're having this issue discussed you know there's nothing wrong with airing your grievances but watch the language watch your tone mm -hmm. tone is everything mm -hmm. but you know because if your tone is off it sounds like you can be accusatory mm -hmm. so you have to you know frame it and couch it the delivery is everything with when you're having uh conversations that are difficult because if you already are coming out the gate but Guns are blazing. That person is like, mm, okay, whatever. I'm not even here to hear for that. Miss me with that. You know, when you speak, when someone is speaking, we talked about this. Listen, you know, really try to sit down and hear what they're saying. Why do the do you think they're? Um, why do they think their perception of of how you see them is skewed or is causing this difficult situation? You know, productive conversations. You know, you are able to have that conversation without being judged or feeling like you're being judged because that can alter how you say what you want to say and it may not be really what you want to talk about you know and when you're looking at those conversations examine your assumptions how are you entering that conversation how do you think what are you what are the assumptions that you're already setting forth that may not even be true but when something is said and angers or accepts you upsets you sorry have the awareness your self-awareness is really sit back and repeat what was said to you. Are you mm -hmm. hearing what was being said? Mm. Are you hearing are you hearing what you think is being said? Mm. You know, really sometimes, because we all have been in that situation 
when you, you someone says something under your breath, their breath, and it has really nothing to do with you, and you already quick to pop off, like, excuse me, what did you say? And, he, mm-hmm. and it has nothing to do with you at all. So really, you know, check yourself, like, like Z had said. Don't blame family and friends how you're feeling, for how you're feeling. Instead, tell them what is upsetting you about that particular situation. Right. Like, you know, you have to be clear and, feel, you know, articulate, I feel really hurt and upset when you said things like X, Y, and Z, you know? And if because, that's your perception, it could be skewed. Right. Wrong. And because assumptions make an ass out of you and me. That part. I think everybody and learned that. I hope. That is, those are facts. That? They mm-hmm. still say that nowadays. Yeah, I Hashtag do. How do you and me? The Hash- generation. Yep. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. Ass out of you and me. <laughs> right. Hashtag facts. Because <laughs> when you, if I'm assuming, sometimes people aren't even aware of what they've done. Yes, that is so true. I mean, and that's if you're dealing with someone that could just be dealing with just people's human nature. That could be dealing if you're dealing with someone who's a bit narcissistic Mm -hmm. sometimes. And even if you tell them, they're like, "Okay, that's your problem, not mine. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you have to be prepared for that, too. Right. You know, I I just know that sometimes. I will say you also have to understand that some some people are just hypersensitive individuals. I am I am not one of those people. I'm not I'm not a I'm not uber sensitive. Um and they may be sensitive from childhood traumas. Right. Hello. Right. About. Exactly. I've grown up in a way that we had to be tough skin and thick skin. So things that you would think would bother me, like words don't affect me at all. You could literally say something to me and I will look at you and laugh because we just the way we grew up, we were taught to not let words affect us. And the environment we were in, we've heard things that just, okay, and it just rolls off of us. Actions for me will cause a more sensitive reaction. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit. I'm, I'm being honest. I don't give a shit what you say out your mouth. Because people use words for to manipulate people. People use words oh, to intentionally God. hurt people. People can use words to do whatever. It's your actions that are going to tell me exactly how you feel and exactly what you think. Mm. So sometimes you do have to examine your assumptions and sometimes you do have to look at your feelings and and sometimes you have to check your feelings to say, oh, I'm having this difficult conversation now that I'm talking to you about it. My feelings were, are not betraying me, but my feelings kind of did dokey dokey right and now I'm, now I'm all caught up because I'm in the field all, I'm all in my feelings and I probably should have taken a step back right your feelings about something can alter your perception of reality and I know a lot of people don't like to hear that that is so true but it is very true I've seen it with my own two eyes somebody's feelings about something will alter their perception mm-hmm. of reality mm-hmm. and have them thinking that they've seen or heard something that isn't, that isn't true. Mm-mm. That's and and it, this is really key when it comes to family because your emotions, you know, work is like whatever. Some people, you know, are tied to work emotionally or not, but when it comes to family, that you are so much more emotionally charged and you're mm. going, and you're more inclined to to yep. do what what Z just said because you are just so you know taken with everything, yep. consumed, yep. you know, with all of that. 
And you got to be careful with that because even with your feelings going into that, you have to be okay. You have to check yourself and be okay with being wrong and understand because you are so emotionally charged, the situation may not be at all what it is. Mm-hmm. And really sit back and think about, excuse me, what the perspective is. Are you even looking at it from the correct perspective? Right. You know, because if not, you need to step back and check yourself and say, you know what? I, I probably could have learned something from my <laughs> misconception of what's going on. And you know what? I probably need to apologize because I just learned something. I didn't have all the information. Mm-hmm. And because I didn't have all the information, I really just put myself on front street saying something that really has nothing to do with the crisis in China. Right. So you really need to be mindful of that and stuff like that. You know, don't drone on. You know, when it's time to end the conversation, don't walk, you know, don't follow the person around the house asking questions they don't want to answer. Because if the conversation went left and you're like, why, why, why? It's not going to go well. Right. You know, have a summary. Like, bring, bring, have a little denouement of what's going on in the conversation you just had. You know, where did you, were you able to develop practical solutions or next steps? You know, how are you going to agree to disagree? Or are you going to agree to come back and say, you know what, maybe we need to take a time out. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and maybe we need to say, you know, let's, let's just hit pause. But thank that person for taking the time to even listen to you. They may not have heard a word you said. Hello, good morning. They may just be looking at you like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, and they have their own conversation in their head because in their head they're looking at you like this person is talking about something they know nothing about mm-hmm. at all but they're just you know they want they don't want to be rude so still right. thank that person for the time right you know that they had to have that discussion you know Absolutely. even if it doesn't turn out the way you want them to and tell them you love them and they may not really like you at that conversation, but say, you know, I love you and I thank you for the time. Thank you for your time, mm-hmm. you know, because you, you're going to need it. And the, yeah. that emotional charge rolls right into partners. It does. And that, I think, sometimes is the most emotionally charged conversation that you can potentially have, mm-hmm. um, especially when you have to communicate some difficult information mm-hmm. to your partner. Um, it's, it's, it's almost impossible. And I, I, I can attest to this. I'm, I, I'm sure Natalie can attest to this. I'm sure any of us who are listening can attest to this. That it is, it's almost impossible to resolve a conflict with a loved one by staying away from it completely. It doesn't happen. That conflict will resurface somewhere. Always. That elephant will be hanging out in your family room. Oh, hell yeah. Talking about what's up? Yep. How you doing? Yep. I'm here still. The elephants will be all over. <laughs> Oh. Diggy, you you must have pledged Delta because the elephants are all over the room. Just posted up in your house like, hey, what's up, come on? How you doing? Facts. And those are facts. facts. So, and, and our difficult conversations, especially when we're talking about partners, they can range from issues with finance, household tasks, health habits, child rearing, or sex. Okay, mm-hmm. and so when and and you know some of those that I just named can go from zero to sixty Ooh. quick. Okay, um, yeah. so quick. what are are the steps to take to get past even what may seem like completely irreconcilable differences, mm-hmm. right? Um, give up the need to be right. That's a toughie. That is very tough. Mm-hmm. 
especially if you have two alpha people in the relationship, Ooh. sometimes the need to be right is just the need. They're like, right. that is the need. Like, a vampire needs blood. Right. Like, flowers need sun. Yeah. Like, <laughs> alpha people need to be right, right? right. So, <laughs> so, you know, even before you sit down to have this conversation, if I'm the person that's coming to you to have the conversation, I need to say how, how, is it, what, what, what's important here? Finding right. the solution or being right? Yes. I have been training myself, and I think I've been doing a very good job, of stop looking for right and wrong and look for solutions. Yeah. Because what I've learned when series in situations of conflict, especially with a partner, is that sometimes it doesn't matter who's right or wrong because your perception and my perception of what happened mm -hmm. are completely different. And right in your own mind. Regardless. Exactly. Exactly. There could be a piece of paper on the table. We're sitting on the table, sitting at the table, and the paper falls on the floor. What is the fact? The fact is the paper is on the floor. What is the solution? Well, the solution is to bring the paper back to the table. Who who cares whose fault it was that the paper mm -hmm. fell to the floor? That's not that's irrelevant, right? It's irrelevant if I if I was having a conversation with you, my hands were so wild that it flew the paper on the floor, or you were sneezed and the paper flew on the floor. Who cares? The paper's on the floor and it needs to get back on the table. The solution is how are we gonna get it back on the table? Right. Exactly. So if you go into a situation thinking of it that way, then you have to give up the need to be right. And you have to give up the need to prove that the other person is wrong. Because right sometimes it's not even about proving that I'm right. It's just about proving that you're wrong. wrong. I may not be right, but you definitely ain't right. Yeah. <laughs> and that can take over the whole conversation. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And now you, it is like, uh, Mortal Kombat, and you yes, trying indeed. to finish him, finish her, finish her, because I said you're wrong. <laughs> facts, facts. Those are facts, okay? Facts. And and you know the other thing to that is trying to find the right time to talk. If your husband or your spouse or your partner is in the middle of football, that ain't the right time to talk. Sometimes can we talk okay. about that? Come on, um, not, partners, please understand. That ain't the right time to it talk. Not okay. It's it just if if your partner is in the middle of season two, Virgin River, that's on Netflix. <laughs> that ain't the right time to have a conversation. <laughs> if you're on the last level of a Madden game and you playing, <laughs> you about to score. That is not the time for whoever that's jumping in front of that screen and be it's like, just not. you need to talk. That is not. It's not. Or, you know, even to take it to what's happening now, a lot of us are home with our partners teleworking. We're both teleworking, right? Your partner and you are probably in the same house. It is not, a, I don't think you can have the conversation you need during the middle of a work day. Hmm. Would you call if you weren't there? If you were at the office, would you call? I'm like, I need to have a conversation with you. No, you no, wouldn't. No. Well, some of us wouldn't. I know some of us don't give a damn. We right. pick up the phone like, mm-mm. I'm he gonna have to hear this. Cause I know I you ain't. and your staff man. <laughs> Tell them to wait. <laughs> but seriously, like that is you have to be okay, these are nine to five hours, and you have to still treat it like you're in the office. The conversation cannot happen while we're working. No. We need our jobs. And you need to make sure that Zoom is off because you don't want to risk it. Don't risk it all. 
Don't hmm. risk it all. Don't risk it all. Because we already know some Zoom horror stories. And that yes. And yes. your dirty laundry or your discussion. And yes, yes. For, for your office to see. Mm-mm. I mean, Hello? Then your, your boss may know why you're late, but after that, but that's not the point. No, not the point. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's it's probably good to start off the conversation. Is this a good time to talk? No. When is a good time to talk? Mm-hmm. Great. Pencil me in for that time because we need to have a conversation. Yes. I think I'm going to say this is going to sound a little skewed, but I think women don't like to be told we need to talk but we can't talk right now <laughs> that, or I'm not going to say that people with anxiety, let's, that's let's good. take yeah, it. I, I, I'm not going to put that on women. Cause I know men that do that too. Yeah. If, if you're somebody with anxiety, if you're dealing with someone who it has anxiety, the worst thing to hear is we need to talk. We just can't talk right now. You, that is not a good way to approach somebody with anxiety <laughs> because they will stew on it to the point that when it is time, they have worked up so many different scenarios in their head that they are, are just not in a, a good place to talk. At all. And then we end up at the beginning of what we were talking about, where you think a situation is what it isn't. So you may need to, if you're in a relationship with someone who has anxiety, and I'm not talking about, I'm talking about even low-level anxiety, and I'm talking about clinically diagnosed anxiety. You may need to try to find a way to find the way to figure out what time is best for you and your partner to talk. Um, we want to start the conversation off positively. We've mm-hmm. talked about that. The energy that you bring into the situation is the energy that will remain. So you want to come into it with positive th- th- thoughts. Don't just jump off like, mm, let me tell you what you did because I ain't happy. And, <laughs> and, and you popping off, you snatching dreams out the sky. Oh. You doing all that. Mm. Snatching dreams. Don't do that. Um, one of the key killer things I think happens in every partner relationship is staying focused on the problem at hand. This is key. So I've learned in therapy recently that the past has to stay the past. If you're really trying to move forward, the past has to stay in the past. If you're giving your partner a clean slate, and this goes to anybody, like if you're in a situation where your partner cheated. And every time you argue about something, you're arguing about finances and maybe your, your finances are a little tight and then you pop back, well, our finances wouldn't be tight if you ain't take that bitch out to Cabo and, and stay like, you understand what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> My ass ain't been nowhere but New Jersey. You taking that bitch to Cabo. You right. For that. If that's what I'm saying. Or you, you know, you're trying to tell your wife that she needs to, you know, she got diabetes or she's pre-diabetic and she needs to watch her sugar. And you're like, you know, you really need to watch your sugar. And she come back, well, I wouldn't need to watch my sugar if I eat all that shit because you was cheating on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta... <laughs> Scale it. Scale your conversations <laughs> It is hard. It's very hard. It's so hard. <laughs> so one of the things that I've learned recently is that if you're giving, if you've decided to give the person a, a clean slate, and this is family, this is friend, this is partner. From that moment forward, you have to go forward. If you've forgiven people for things that they've done to you in your past, mm-hmm. and you've decided to move forward with that relationship, whether it's a friendship, a, a, a romantic relationship, a familial relationship, then you have to really move forward. Because all you're doing when you're carrying that baggage and those weights, is just holding you down. Yeah. And then you have to think, 
Well, am I really, did I really forgive? This is why I don't believe in forgive and forget. I believe in remember, what do I say? Remember and repair? No. Remember and, no, no. What was it? I forget. But it's remember and like, like remembering something where you remember, but you heal from it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to forget it, but you have to repair yourself from within Mm -hmm. so that you can move forward health, health, like in a healthy way. And that's hard when you're having difficult conversations and you keep bringing up the past. It is hard, but it's it's human nature. It's difficult. And it is difficult in the middle of the conversation, check yourself. And be like, you know what? I'm sorry. Let me bring that back. Yep. Because there's still a way to continue the conversation if you've gone there, possibly. But you got to right. check yourself in the midst of it and say, you know what? That's not where we need to be talking about. Let me reel myself back. Right. And go back to what we needed to talk about. I remember having a conversation with a friend very, oh, this is a long time ago. Where her and her husband were getting into, uh, were having an argument. And they were talking about one thing and he decided to bring something up. And she was like, No. We're not bringing that up. This is what we're talking about. And he kept wanting to bring it up. She went and got a calendar and said, okay, so you want to talk about this? Let's pick a day for us to talk about it. It ain't going to be today. Right. But <laughs> we'll pencil it in and we'll have that conversation on that day. But for today, we're talking about this. Hello, please and thank you. Spoken. And you can say that. You can say, look, let's just address one thing at a time. This is what we're talking about now. Let's get through this and then let's work on that next thing. We can't do all of these things at once because nothing gets, ha- nothing happens, right? Nothing happens. Nothing gets solved. Um, we've talked about this with work. We've talked about this with family and friends. When your partner is talking, just listen, listen, Linda, listen, listen. I mean, that is the key to making any difficult conversation work. You have to truly hear what your partner is saying. You have to stop yourself from interrupting them. Stop thinking about what your next comment is going to be. Right? Stop making hasty judgments. You have to take a step back sometimes. You're listening to your partner and they're saying something. Stop stop listening with a defensive mind. Listen with an open mind. And then take a beat. We're so quick to respond as soon as somebody's finished a sentence. Take a pause and say, okay, let me see if I fully understand what you're saying. Repeat mm. it back so that you, there is no misunderstanding. Is this what I'm hearing you say? If they say yes, then move forward with the conversation. If they say no, okay, then what is it that I am mishearing? Mm. That's so true. What is it that I, I'm not hearing correctly? And how you say that is important. Don't it, be right. like, mm, and what is it that I'm not hearing correctly? Exactly. Don't, don't do don't, that. Mm, don't do that. This is called reflective listening. Okay? And it helps you to keep things from escalating. It gets things back on track. Especially when the person is getting upset. Mm-hmm. Okay? Very key to do. Another key thing to do is fight fair. Please fight fair. One thing that I've, we, I've, we've been learning in therapy is always, nobody always does something. No, they don't. No absolutes. You no don't. Absolutes. There are no absolutes. Something doesn't always, you don't, like, to tell your partner, you always do this. No. No. Because that's just not factual, right? I mean, um, you always blink when I right. cuss at you, but don't, right. don't, don't do that. 
try not to assign blame. That's the right and the wrong thing, right? And it's key to avoid those kinds of statements. Like, you always do this. Why? 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 The, those things are just fight fair. Don't be calling people outside their names. Please. Don't be calling them people mama this, mama that, your yeah. mama this, your daddy that. <laughs> don't. It's like, don't do that. Those are fighting words. And now your, your conversation does took Fighting. <laughs> I just watched the episode of Martin <laughs> where it was the first time Gina and Martin broke up. And she bought him a statue. And... He said he liked it when they were just together, but him and his friends were clowning in the statue. So they get to arguing. This was like a key. This should be like the 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 standard of what not to do. They were arguing in front of their friends. Oh. They weren't listening to one another. They then they started calling people. They started saying stuff about their parents. No. Uh, mm. Martin called Gina's daddy a tight wide bougie like gotta stick up his butt and she said well at least my mom don't got no full beard or mustache and stuff like it was just <laughs> then they started attacking each other he talked about her butt she talked about his chest it was just bad it just was bad what not let's not do. do that that's that's not fighting fair um try to find something you agree with which is very important mm -hmm. because you will find common denominator in whatever it is that you're talking about mm -hmm. We talked about this too. Take a timeout if you must. And a timeout could be five minutes, 10 minutes. It could be two days because exactly. you need to process. You have to, and if the other person, if you're the person that's, if you're the partner that's coming to your spouse mm -hmm. and you're telling them something that is difficult for them to hear, you have to give them the space, space to process that for however long that they need to process yes. it. So you may need to take a two week break. If you come to your spouse and tell them that you've cheated on them, that might not be something you can resolve right then and there. No. It ain't going to be something no, you can resolve you right might then want, and there. You might catch a case and you keep pressing the issue. Right. Like Natalie said, you might be on Snap to have one of them Hello. Lifetime movies made yes. about you. All about you. So you have to sometimes allow, give that person grace and say, I'm going to allow you the time to process this. We're going to put a pin in this, but we have to come back to it. Mm -hmm. You have to come back to it. Yeah. Don't just put a pin in it and never come back to it. Yep. You got to come back to it. And then when you're both calm, try to approach the conversation again. Mm -hmm. And this is key. If challenges persist, you might want to see a professional. Yep. And if you're not into therapy, I don't understand why, but if you don't want to see a therapist, maybe you have a minister. Uh -huh. You know, Maybe you have somebody who is a, a confidant, a family confidant that you feel like you can talk to, both you and your partner can talk to, to kind of help navigate you through this. I definitely suggest... Um, just don't have it be somebody that either one of you knows no, personally. It can't be your friend coming in and it can't be their friend coming in because there's already a judgment and a bias. Even if they say that there's not, oh, there no. already is going to be one. Parents, absolutely not. No, if you are you a spouse, back up oh, way. do not have your parents get involved in the conversation. At that is all wrong. Like <laughs> no, capital W-R-O-N-G. Don't do it. Don't do it. You just like they, up. you are setting yourself up. Mm. You are setting, and I would say, this is key, and then we'll go into the last tip. This is very key. When you're having, sometimes we are having issues with a, a partner, and instead of talking to our partner, we talk to our friends about it, mm. and then it becomes everything bad that yeah. occurs. You are telling your friend about it, but you're not talking to your spouse about it. That then also becomes a problem and causes an unnecessary conflict that you are going to have to deal with at some point. Yeah. 
And I'm not saying don't talk to your friends about whatever's going on in your relationship. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is understand that you also have to have that conversation with your partner. And you have to have that conversation in a very productive way because what you have now done is planted a seed in friends or family's heads that this person is this way. And then they're thinking, well, why the, why the hell are you still with this man? Why the hell are you still with this woman? You will do that with your family, especially with your parents. Especially with your parents, if they're involved, if, if they have any type of relationship with both. Yes. So definitely, if you cannot have these conversations, mm-hmm. and a lot of us can't, sometimes some topics are so charged that we definitely need a third party. Mm-hmm. Get a third party. Mm-hmm. If you are looking to just have a conversation about the fact that you've lost your job or your finances are not where they're supposed to be, okay, and that's not a conversation, but you don't feel like it deserves a warrant to third party, it deserves a warrant to third party. You don't always have to have a third party just because somebody cheated or had an outside baby or there are some things that are not as, I would say, egregious in a relationship that still need a third party, you know, intervention agreed agreed and a point of view yes and, and also you know understand these co- these difficult conversations understand always remember they may not turn out like you want them to mm-hmm. but you still had the conversation and you mm-hmm. may need to walk away and this may be in a relationship in a friendship in a job you had the difficult conversation the resolution was to cut ties and that's okay and that's but okay you still had to have the conversation to get that's to that okay. point for you to move on because you know what happens People be out here looking for closure. Mm-hmm. And then, or you become and they never Right. And then they never get closure. Mm-hmm. So then what do they do? They bring that shit into whatever else they had. Right. You were in a toxic work environment at work. You never had an opportunity to fully address it. Now you're going into another work situation, bringing that in there, mm-hmm. thinking that this situation is going to be the same. Yep. And it's like self-fulfilling prophecy. Some of the same things start to happen, but it's more about the energy you've bought into the situation. That's a good one, too. That self-fulfilling prophecy. Prophecy. And understand that not everybody owes you closure. Sometimes you just have to have that difficult conversation. Let them be where they are. Let them not understand what it is that you're talking about and move away. We talked about and we forgot to talk about this. Sometimes difficult conversations can't always come in the form of words. Yeah. Sometimes a difficult conversation may have to come a, a verbal word. Sometimes you're going to have to write it write down. It. A letter will work for some folks. And then that also gives that person to digest. Yes. And you've yes. gotten everything off of your chest that you need to say. Now you're peaceful and your mindset is a little bit better to address it. Should the conversation come up now as a precursor? Right. Sometimes it is going to be, I got to write this in a letter. I can't mm. sit and physically have this conversation with you. Mm. So I'm going to have to write these words down and Just then like give Aaliyah. them to you. She gave a four page four letter. Page letter mm-hmm. And she closed it with a kiss. Hey. You might not be with a kiss. <laughs> you might have to close it with a middle finger. No, I'm joking. <laughs> both, t- both methods are, are workable. <laughs> oh, gosh. And with that... We're going to take a quick break and come back with our last sip of the day. And we're back. This is the last sip of tea with your hood Dalai Lama. I am your hood Dalai Lama. The quality of your life is directly related to how many uncomfortable conversations you're willing to have. 
and that is a tribute to Mastin Kip. And that is, whoo, those are facts. Your quality of life literally is directed, directly related to how many uncomfortable conversations that you are willing to have. If you cannot have difficult conversations and you just keep these things bottled up, you'll just be stressed. And stress leads to all kinds of things as we know, right? So in our personal life, not addressing negative attitudes, subpar performance, territoriality, judgment, and put downs, you know, at the office is the same as saying it's okay. In our personal life, issues never have a chance to be resolved if we don't have these difficult conversations. As we play the stories over and over in our mind, the stories will get louder and the people and the stories become bigger and bigger villains. It's natural to fear difficult conversations. However, the truth is that when we practice compassion and treat each other with respect, the conversations rarely are as difficult as we expect. And that is the last sip of tea with your hood Dalai Lama. Thank you. So everyone, I hope you all were able to get some information from this particular topic. And we thank you for joining us this week on Sip and Tea with Nat and Z. You can follow us on Instagram at Sip and Tea underscore Nat and Z underscore pod. And on Facebook at Sip and Tea Nat and Z. To get information on our podcast topics and news, thank you as always for listening. And see you next episode where we discuss, I wish someone would have told me. <laughs> mm, mm. I wish someone would have told me. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good week, y'all. Bye. <laughs>